Allison, and our only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us, or learning something new and helpful, we hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome, awesome, awesome than you did before. I'm here with the one, the only, the sexy, the talented, the everything I've ever needed, Mr. Spike Robertson! Hey, Spike! No, no, it's Mr. Eric Robertson. Oh, hi, I'm here too. I was excited for that, though. I know you were, because Spike, our dog, is here, and he's pretty thrilled, and I'm pretty thrilled. I'm extremely thrilled. I am so happy that you guys are here. This is episode 129, How to Feel, Deal, and Heal. It's like a wheel of fortune. With therapist and powerhouse, Hey Tiffany Rowe. You guys, this episode is bananas. It's so good, and at the end of it, I am so sneaky. I am so inspired. My only goal, I want to tell you guys, my only goal, all day, every day, and I've been living this way for probably the past two to three years, is to try to be in the flow. What that means for me is connected to source, a direct line, inspiration, flowing, and what is it going to take? What is it going to take for me to be connected? Just so you know, I don't I don't think I've really shared that that much and I've been sharing it a lot more and I'm going to open up and start sharing all sorts of things. <laughs> she's she's feeling bold. But when I go into interviews, when we sit down to re- record this podcast, when we create, Eric and I both, would you say that's your goal too? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's really what we strive for. And I felt so incredible during this interview with Tiffany. I've wanted to have her on the podcast for years, but I also was just waiting. Like I knew that a moment would come and the time would be right. And over the last like month or so, I have just been feeling like Tiffany, the way she talks, the way she shares, she's a licensed therapist, but also has just so much fun, amazing insight, an incredible amazing personality. She is going to be able to come on the podcast right this minute and share something that I know so many of us, including me, need to hear. And she did exactly that. And in the moment, just off the cuff, out of the blue, I was like, oh, Tiffany, now lead us in like a meditation or a mindfulness practice. And she immediately just did one. And it's so beautiful and so awesome. And Eric put really great music to it. And the cool thing about this is Tiffany is a therapist. And so she's not used to telling her story and talking about herself. And I really poked her because I'm really comfortable with her. And she's not my therapist. She's my friend (laughs) to get her to open up and share. And I'm so grateful to her for doing that. I'm so grateful for her for not only teaching and preaching amazing truth, but you guys, she lives it. She lives it. She's the she's the real deal. I've I've watched her apologize. I've watched her, you know, say, "Oh, hey, I'm working on this." Like I think it's so incredible when people, especially in positions of power and mental health like Tiffany, are so open. I'm so so excited for what she shares with us today. So let's get into it. I know you're going to love it. Oh, hi. Hey, hi. Hello. Okay. I'm here with the one, the only, looking real good even though we don't compliment people on looks. <laughs> Miss Hey Tiffany Rowe, also known to me lovingly and affectionately as T Driggs. Yes. All the way back from college days where I know her. Tiffany, hi. What's up, y'all? I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Tiffany is a wildly successful therapist, speaker, educator. You're like a real therapist. Like, I like to pretend to be a therapist. 
<laughs> you are so good at it. Thank you. I, was, you I, are. I always feel really validated when Tiffany's like, Allison, that was good. And I'm like, thank you. I knew in my heart I was a real therapist. <laughs> Even though you guys all know I'm not a real therapist. Yes, I'm a, I'm a pretend person. Okay, you specialize in so many things. You slay social media. You do self-love dance parties, dance therapy. So we have a lot of things in common, right? Oh, I know someone like that. Yeah. Yeah. We have a couple things. We have a couple things in common. <laughs> Everybody kind of has like swords they like to fall on and like pl- like some things when I think of you, like these are your like marching calls is intuitive eating and I want to get into that. Self-love. You also have a lot of really, really good information about faith transitions. Mm, thanks. And I think that's so important for us here in Utah. Yes. <laughs> What's up, Utah? If you're not in Utah, it's okay if you're confused. But you know what? It doesn't matter if you're in Utah or not because we have an episode with Thomas McConkie about faith transitions. Faith and what we believe, it's always tied in to our security and yeah. identity. It uh, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how it transitions. I think throughout life faith is always going to transition. Yeah. So I, there's you just have so many valuable resources that oh, way. Thank you. I was talking to Tiffany and there's so many things she could help us with. So many things, Tiffany. And then as I was taking a long, luxurious bath this morning, true story, watching a very interesting BBC BBC segment, like series on the history of racism. Yes. I'm going to recommend that to everyone. Holy crap. So I'm Link like cry, it. Crying in the bathtub, exfoliating my legs and shaving. All of these things are happening. And I'm like, I've known Tiffany for 15 years. And we don't know, like we know each other because we understand each other. <laughs> And I'm like, she shares online, and she's vulnerable, and she's open, but what do we really know about Tiffany? You should see the eyes she's giving me right now. I know. It's opening me up. What do we, but really, (laughs) and I thought, here are some things I think we we can touch on. Okay. Tools for navigating uncomfortable feelings transitions, identity. I mean, there's so, there's so much, but that was what we kind of talked about, those tools for navigating uncomfortable feelings, which also then brings me to your journey. And if you don't know, in this podcast, every time we say the word journey, there's a meditation ding. We had a record last episode with Stacey Harkey. I think there were 14 dings. Uh, you don't have to use- I can top that yeah, okay, for sure. You're, you're, of becoming a therapist because for me it's like I knew you fun tea drigs in college and then you kind of emerged and you took some of my classes and you're like oh cool I'm a therapist now and my social media is booming and I'm like oh hey girl good to see you <laughs> what happened in between oh I was completely brainwashed by therapist culture oh wait when like Leaving college, stepping into career, I disappeared because that's what therapists have to do. Okay, so so you become a therapist. What made you want to become a therapist? How Got did it. you get there? How did you how did you get there? Yeah. Right? How did I get to the therapy mindset? And then also, aside from that, because I actually do have an agenda, even though I seem really open and easygoing, when I think about dealing with uncomfortable feelings and your experience from the little I do know. From the little that you share openly yeah. about a uh, history with eating disorders, disordered eating, that's how a lot of people cope with uncomfortable feelings. Yes. So all of a sudden, I could see this like picture forming where I'm like, let's talk about 
how the ways you used to cope with those uncomfortable feelings, yeah. I feel like, and, and I could be jumping to conclusions because maybe they did or didn't, did that lead you into your career as a therapist? Yeah, that's the okay. quick 60-second answer. Okay, so that's, I mean, I, again, I like to make, I like to jump into things there. But, let's jump in. But let's, I want to hear about that. Like, whatever you feel good sharing, but but from that angle of, like, what like what are some of the early earlier memories or... Like, what is feeling uncomfortable or not being able to handle your feelings? Because one of your your mantras that I love is feel, deal, heal. Yes. And we don't know how to feel our feelings. It's true. We literally don't know how to feel our feelings. Like, I didn't realize till I got hit by a car that I didn't really know how to feel anger. And then all of a sudden, like, anger got unlocked inside of me. And I was like, is this why people get angry? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell me everything. Um, Anywhere I- you want to start there. I love being pissed. I'll say that. Oh, I love yeah. anger. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I reclaimed that emotion like through recovery, th- through therapy. Yeah. Um, I, if I want to simplify it all. I, I don't would... want you to simplify it. Okay. What I want. No. <laughs> you're because you're used to being a really good therapist and not injecting too much of your story. But you're on my couch now. These eyes. And I know. I'm very, Girl. I'm very, very terrifying and serious. Yeah. Okay. So when did disordered eating, when did, do you feel like you used that to cope with uncomfortable feelings? Absolutely. My background is one that's like very heavy in shame from both trauma in my childhood and not fitting the mold of what women are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Where did you um, grow up? I grew up in California. Okay, what part? Southern Valencia, Magic I'm Mountain. From San Diego, remember? Hey. Yes, yes, okay. Big family. I'm the youngest of six, so just all these like dynamics. Mm-hmm. But I've always had a very strong personality. Big emotions, big voice, taking up a lot of space. And really early on, I got the message, I think, from just a lot of different layers of like, that's wrong. I can understand. I can relate to that. We have so many things. <laughs> I know. So many things. So I very early on was like, okay, you're supposed to be submissive. You're supposed to be quiet. You're supposed to be more like a girl. Here's mm-hmm. what girls are like. So a lot of really strong like gender norms and socialization. My dad gave me a book when I was a teenager. I think it's called Divine Womanhood. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of the most single-handedly traumatizing things I've ever read, which okay. is like it's you need to be the 1950s woman. Yeah. You need to be like your mom yeah. who is my mom is Meow Meow. She's like the nicest, <laughs> sweetest little... Meow Meow? Meow Meow, yes. You know, like, we are not alike. Yeah. And so I grew up with this shame of like, I'm supposed to be like my mom. I'm supposed to be like this divine woman. I'm supposed to be quiet. I'm supposed to just like go with the flow. Nothing about me is chill, unfortunately. I understand. So, <laughs> shame. Yeah. Shame. Yeah. So much shame. Anyway, so that kind of stuff... It was the background, that shame foundation, I think, really set the stage for my eating disorder. Plus, my family was really drenched in diet culture. Okay. My dad um, lived in a larger body. The majority of his life was hella into Atkins in the 90s. Who wasn't? Like Frying up those hamburgers and bacon first thing in the morning? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Legit. Legitimate. Yeah. Um, he did, like, electroshock therapy for wow. weight loss. Wow. There was, I was doing Jane Fonda videos when I was, like, in elementary school so whatever you combine that with my perfectionism my deep sense of shame and I'm just this like perfect petri dish ready to like have an eating disorder evolve so that happened I started um, a diet when I was 18 and it developed into a full so it wasn't until you were 18 though yeah did you diet because I was on fen fen when I was nine 
I went to Jenny Craig when I was in like fourth or fifth grade. I know. So I'm, so I'm, I know. I know. So this is going to be really hard for me. I know. Well, to I sit have, with. Don't I have a whole episode? Don't worry. We can unpack all of this later. So I'm wondering for you, like going through elementary school, middle school, high school. Yeah. Do you feel like there was disordered eating there, and then it like emerged? Like, what do you yeah. what do you feel like kind of tipped the scale? So it was a, a storm of events. I had disordered eating, but mm-hmm. also at the same time, not really. I was just kind of clueless and numbed out and smoking a lot of weed and like okay. partying and so, stuff. So I love even using the feel, deal, heal yeah. as a guidepost for this episode. Okay. Kind of like, let's just write your future book right here. So we're in the feel category of your book and of your past. And right now what we're exploring is how you didn't feel. I numbed. And numbed. And and talk a little bit of that, about that. Like just quick snippet as therapist, Tiffany, what does numbing mean? Like if you're going to say, what does numbing mean? How do people know? What are some of the like telltale signs of, no, I'm not just escaping or relaxing. I'm numbing. Right. So if you think of like two uh, Venn diagram, like the overlap of numbing versus nurturing Mm. the two can overlap right i love that so netflix isn't inherently numbing no okay yeah it can be nurturing so when you think about am i numbing am i just coping where do i cross that line one there's no like arbitrary statistical cutoff what you need to think about is like duration frequency intensity like how much how many okay like if you take one percocet after you get hit by a car yeah you're not numbing no. You're coping with pain you're appropriately. In a lot of pain. Yeah. Yeah. When does it turn into numbing? Well, if you're taking six mm. and you're breaking the frequency of like prescription, right? So okay. it's going to be personal for everyone. But I mean, if you think about numbing, it's I'm avoiding, I'm running away, I'm suppressing. I know there's something there and I want to shove it down intentionally. Okay. And we all do that. So there's no shame in the numb game. It's just waking up to that and saying, what am I going to do instead? Just the awareness of this is numbing rather than coping. Yeah. I love that. And I think most of us are numbing and we don't know it. Yeah. And one thing that's been helpful for me is, okay, how do I feel after? Sometimes I can watch like four or five hours of Netflix and feel like, okay, now I can go do what I need to do. Right. Sometimes I watch four or five hours of Netflix and I go, I would like to die now. I'm like, okay, that might have been numbing. I don't know. Yeah. Right? Like- <laughs> Should we talk about how many episodes of Love Island UK have watched during quarantine? <laughs> But like coping, quarantine, coping, coping, Uh, yes, survival. Okay. I love that Venn diagram, that visual of the numbing and the, and the nurture and they can cross over and it's not just one fits in this bubble and one fits in this bubble. It's the duration, the intensity, um, the awareness around it. Okay. So little baby Tiffany T as I like to call her little baby T not being able to feel. Yeah. How did you learn how to feel? Where did that come in? So my eating disorder progressed. And then when I hit rock bottom with that, I was in like a really dangerous medical place and not okay. And like unable to function in relationships. How did you get help? Yeah. So there was a day and I was scared of myself and what situation I was in with my eating disorder. So I called my mom Mm. and I was like, hey, I think I might have an eating disorder. Yeah. And she was like, okay, like, what's that mean? You know? Yeah. And this is when you're 18? No, at this point I was getting in recovery. I was 23. So you've been like five years. Yeah. Had anybody in this five-year period tried to intervene? 
No. So you're just all on your own for five years. Yeah. I uh, went on a LDS mission. I forgot about that. Yeah. In in that interim, my eating disorder was really active. And I called my parents. I broke the rules. I called them on my mission. And I was like, hey, I can't stop throwing up. Yeah. And they were like, pray and like, think about like that. You'll be fine. Yeah. But like, I lived with people who had eating disorders, like watching somebody, I don't want to trigger anyone, but watching people's eating patterns. It's hard to know what to say. It's hard to know what to say. Yeah. So, but we didn't not say anything, right? Or maybe we didn't. I don't know. It's like, maybe you think you're saying something, but you're not saying it directly enough. You know what people said to me? What? You're hot. You have yeah. a perfect body. They reinforced yeah. the diet culture norm because my body fit better into society's standards. Yeah. When I was really active in an eating disorder. So that's the message. A lot of reinforcement and a lot of people saying like, all right, you're good. Like, don't change. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the reality for a lot of people living with that. Now, not everyone with an eating disorder has society's body type. I just want to plug that. Like, Oh, yeah. Right? Like, you can have an eating disorder in any body size, right? It looks different for everyone. But at least for me, it was very much reinforced. No one was worried about me. And so... How did you, how did you get yourself? Because as somebody, as I was just telling Tiffany, as somebody who notoriously puts off getting help for decades at a time, how did you get yourself to make that phone call? Because this is, this is what I want to do. There are so many people and it doesn't have to be an eating disorder, but there are so many people, especially right now, the world always, always, but right now, if there was any past trauma, any triggers, anything that you were on the tipping point of quarantine, civil uprising, a sustained pandemic. I mean, it's got to have tipped the scales Yeah. because so many stressors have been added. And I feel like there are so many people listening who need to pull the trigger and get help or tell someone they need help. I mean, honestly, just like lucky genetics, something like, was there an, like that you just had something in you that snapped and was like, I got to reach out for help. Yeah. I wish I could quantify that moment and why I chose me instead of the disease, which seemingly I thought worked for me. I think in that moment I was like, this doesn't work anymore. This isn't working for me. I was Mm. sick. I was scared. I was hurt. Like all this stuff. Um, Pause. That's incredible. Like just ask yourself that question. And that's what I think people can do is say is it working for you and here's what that means is is it yielding and creating the life the most beautiful life you could dream for yourself if the answer is no it's not because you're an idiot and you can't create a beautiful life life is hard it can be beautiful and hard but is it working and I think that probably the awareness to have that thought, though, this isn't working for me. And maybe that's something, part of the narrative that's been added after. But, like, on some level, you're like, this doesn't work anymore. Yeah, it was probably fear in that moment. But mm-hmm. I also had a lot of privilege of, like, I can call my mom, yeah. who's a safe person, and will help me. Yeah. And I had the privilege of, like, I left, I quit my job, I got the hell out of Dodge, Went home and started getting help. My parents got me in therapy. So what was your job when you were 23? I worked as like a care tech, um, taking care of folks with mental disabilities and handicaps. Like you've always been drawn to helping people. Always. I I mean, my first... In a mental, emotional health capacity. Yeah. Other than my first job working in a tanning salon. Other than that, it's been... It was the early 2000s, right? The, you know. And that's kind of where we were at. I was doing my best. We know better, so we, <laughs> we do, do better do now. Better. But my first, yeah, my first job in mental health was 
tutoring kids on the autism spectrum. Mm. And then I was like, I love this. I love supporting people. I care about people's mental health. Yeah. But then my recovery, I got help. And I was like, okay, I, I'm really interested in this. But you know what's interesting? I was sitting with my therapist and she, she was like, you could do this. Like, you'd be a great therapist. I was like, dude, I'm not smart enough to be a therapist. That's what I said to her. Yeah. And we had to work through so much of my self-doubt and criticism. Like, I'm too crazy. I'm way too emotional. I'm not a, you know, like, I'm, my perception of self was really rough. And I'd only had identity through, like, body, approval from, like, love interests, like, how I defined myself. So I worked through a lot of those things in therapy and was like, okay, hell yeah, I'm going to help other people get through this now. That's amazing. Okay, so tell me a little bit. I feel like we've moved into the deal portion. Dealing. Feel, deal, okay. So you, did you do like an inpatient type of thing or you just, you you went to therapy? Yeah, I just did outpatient. Okay. Looking back, I didn't, I would have had a different protocol for me. If I was my own therapist, I probably would have recommended a higher level of care that I got. But I mean, that's part of the problem with access to treatment and dealing. Yeah. There's a lot of barriers, uh, like insurance barriers, price barriers, all these things that get in the way of people getting what they really need. So I'm going to say I got really lucky. Yeah. To be fully recovered with the amount of treatment I had. But I, yeah, I, I did outpatient and that was the beginning of my recovery for sure. That's amazing. And then you had you graduated from college or did you need to go back and finish some I was at um yeah I was at BYU at the time okay so you finished school and then how do you become a therapist what how do you I'd like to know um not asking for a front note (laughs) yeah at the time I wasn't sure if I was gonna like go be a cruise director if I was gonna like make hemp necklaces for a living like It's hard because there's so many options. Just good at so many yeah, things. I, I didn't know, I you know? It. Yeah, I worked at like a residential treatment center as a care tech after BYU and I got a 50 cent raise. So I was making 10 50 an hour. Yes. And I was like wrestling kids, putting them in safety holds. I'm like, this sucks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, this isn't my strong suit. Yeah. And I'd yeah. see the therapist like cruising, like wearing like cool, like, what are these? Uh, stethoscope? <laughs> Is it a stethoscope? <laughs> or collared shirt? No, like a thing around. A lanyard? A lanyard? <laughs> There's so many scarves. Scarves. (laughs) They're like wearing fancy scarves and like leather boots, and they come talk, and then they leave. And I'm like, I'm doing this wrong. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, where's my future? And so wrestling all the other self doubts I had, and I finally was like, screw it. I'm gonna go to grad school, and I feel called to this. I can, I can get out of my comfort zone and go do the schooling required. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Here we are. I ran into Tiffany, just such good timing, actually, last week, and it was so good. Otherwise, we would have had to spend two hours talking before we recorded the podcast. Um, and she's just like, I don't I don't know how this happened. I didn't do this. And I just was like, no, no, no. You're a very hard worker. You show up. You have so much energy, capacity, and momentum, and you've been driving physically watched you do this for like four or five years so if you keep telling this story of like i don't know how it happened i I will smack you right she had to bill me for the session it's fine we worked through it (laughs) it's all good okay so you become a therapist Tell me a little bit about your therapy practice because now it is super awesome. You share a lot of information. You have really awesome online courses. You have a feel, deal, heal subscription pack, which has like fun temporary tattoos. (laughs) 
asterisk. You get a temporary tattoo yeah. from a therapist. Duh. Like, who yeah. doesn't want that? Yeah, right? <laughs> um, how did you kind of arrive at this is how I want to do therapy? Because there's a lot of different ways to do therapy. There's a lot of different yeah. ways to, to practice. Um, earlier I said I was brainwashed by therapy culture. It's such a fear-based culture. Tell me about that. You are supposed to be a blank slate. You're not supposed to be human. Yeah. It's not about you. Don't ever talk about yourself. Don't show yourself. Do not be on social media. Lock it down. Privacy. Have an ambiguous name. Hide. Yeah. Because you're going to harm people. Yeah. And there's such a big power differential in therapy that's really grad school is training you like protect clients. You disappear. So I was freaking scared and trying to like figure out. Okay, time out. How ironic or is it ironic that one of the very things that led to a lot of issues for you is disappear. Yes. Be smaller. Yes. Don't be yourself. Yes. And then I, I and then you find yourself in the same situation, which kind of just goes to show that is a re, that is a reoccurring message for women. Period. Right. But also, we create stories for ourselves. Yeah. We create narratives for ourselves, and it doesn't matter the circumstance. Yeah. We can apply the narrative. Yeah. Right. It's true, and the fear that lies there of like it's dangerous to be myself. Yeah. I won't be loved if I'm myself. I literally cried. I remember the second week of grad school. I cried after class because I said, I'm never going to be able to wear leopard leggings again. I cried! <laughs> I understand. And I had to just make peace with wearing navy blazers, and I was bummed. Who wouldn't be? People you know? who love navy blazers who are also valid in their fashion choice. Just look yeah. me up. You'll understand what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. You know, it was like, I can't express myself. I can't have a personality. I have to like shut up and yeah. just say, how's that make you feel? And nod my head. Um, and that stopped working for me. So again, this, this isn't working for me. Yeah. I'm good at finding themes for other people. Not so much for myself. Okay. So this isn't working for me. So now we're in the heel. Ooh, look how I did that. Heel, heel, heel. Um, I find when you start to heal narratives and these stories, like I'm saying of this, I need to disappear. I need to be smaller. Uh, like, it's not that you never fall into that again. It's not that you never believe that again. You're healed, right? It's not like somebody's, you know, like Pentecostal patting you on the forehead and you're like done. But more of this, you recognized it sooner because that very obviously that's not how you show up in the world. If you meet Tiffany, you're going to go to her Instagram. You're going to learn from her. You're going to love her. That's not how you show up in the world. So tell me a little bit about that, that healing and then how you applied that. And what are some of the, the daily practices or what are, maybe there's a specific incident you can remember where you're like, I love that, like crying over the cheetah leggings. And and then how did you get yourself to a place where basically like using the tools and techniques you have where you're like, okay, no, I'm going to be me because you very much show up as you in this world. Yeah, it's important to me. Healing is an interesting part of the feel, deal, heal mm -hmm. uh, equation. Because yeah. I can give you a list of bullet points of like, here's how you feel, here's how you deal. But healing is like not really a checklist. It's this constant learning and unlearning. Yeah. It's this constant openness and willingness to like evolve and change a commitment to returning to your values again and again like it's and you're never there you never arrive at like yeah happy healing island you're just a constant commitment of like self-compassion and self-validation and mindfulness and being a loving parent to yourself getting your own back so healing is going to look a little bit different for everyone but it's this 
right? Like that's the journey. Yeah. The, the healing journey. What did it look like for you? It's been a lot of meditation and mindfulness practice and doing things that I'm afraid of. So when you point out the patterns of like, look, more messaging that says like disappear and be small. Mm-hmm. For me, I've developed the understanding that the more resistance I have to doing something, the more power waits for me there. Mm. So stepping into fear, stepping in line with my values, even if it's scary, even if the world says it's wrong, or even if there's shame there, it's being brave, it's showing up, and it's being authentic, it's being 100% myself, and that's the scary practice every day, is like, I'm going to do me, I'm going to be true to who I am, I'm going to do my calling, even if it means... I don't fit in the therapy world. And what if it means if I fail, you do it anyway. So that's a lot of healing for me, specifically with like my business. It's been doing it, even though no one else was doing it that way and saying, I feel called to this. I feel like this is in line with my purpose in my life and doing it, even though there's like no framework whatsoever. Okay. So someone's listening and they're like, I want to show up. I want to be brave. I want to do it. But then, you know, because I know, because we talk to people a lot, how do I do it? Yeah. The answer is always, you just do it. But what's maybe like, you know, Dr. Leo Marvin style, baby step it. Let's return to the ultimate therapist, a fictional therapist, (laughs) uh, Dr. Leo Marvin. And (laughs) I used to love that movie, Till I Was a Therapist, because I'm like, please do not stalk me on vacation. No, it's This is a nightmare, yeah. (laughs) And I just watched it and I was like watching Dr. Marvin on Good Morning America and I'm like, I identify and relate too much. I can't be on Bob's team Sorry, anymore. Bob. Like <laughs> It's like if that was my opportunity and Bob was there. Okay, so we let that go. What are some of the the daily or like a small practice, an exercise, a mantra, any little tool that you could give someone to help them step into that, the, the part of the healing, right? Where um, I want to be brave. I want to show up as me. I'm going to an event. I'm about to make a phone call. What's something I could do? And you can think about it. I like to put people on the spot. Well, you're, you're making a good list already. Like yeah. we have to bust out the cheesy basics Yes. To operate. Yes. That's my favorite line. We have to bust out the cheesy basics to operate. Sorry, I'm changing it to my my profile caption. Okay, continue. Like, yeah, when it's hard and there's big stakes or there's fear in the way, it's saying, what are my values? Get clear on them. Write those five down and put it on your mirror. Like, this is what matters to me. This guides my life. Am I in line with these? What am I going to do? Am I going to let these things like others' approval, fear, people's perceptions of me. What if I'm misunderstood? Like, is that going to stop me or am I going to be value-driven? So get clear on those. And bust out the affirmations. What do I need to hear? My personality is good is home base. That's my face tattoo. I love that. Because it's always been this message of it's wrong. Yeah. It's bad. Like, shut up. Yeah. And instead saying, like, my personality is good is the immediate, like, message I need whenever I'm questioning myself. So I find that for that. yourself. So yeah. my version, I think of that, I took from Brene Brown, which is your don't puff up, don't shrink back. Mm-hmm. And so when I go anywhere, when I go into a meeting, when I have a hard interview or a phone call or something like that, I just go, you don't need to puff up. You don't need to shrink back. Perfect. Because the puffing up, so I puff up and the way I... I puff up is usually by like throwing myself under the bus. Or, do you know what I mean? Or like dropping, I don't know, achievement, right? Whatever it is. And now I'm just like, you can think I'm an idiot. I'm not, right? But She's really not. Yeah. She's <laughs> really, really good at what she does. I don't think I've mentioned that yet. 
I went to Allison's brand workshop and I don't do anything, okay? I don't go on anyone's podcast. I don't go to anyone's classes. I ain't got time for that. But I really like Allison and I went oh, to her workshop you. and I was sitting there. I'm like, damn, she's actually really, really good at what she does. <laughs> and then I offered her a job. She didn't accept. Did yeah, I, I was like, can you that. come work for me as a oh, therapist? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. And you're like, no, can you work for me? And yeah, then yeah, yeah, that's good. We both, it's hard when we you had a dance battle. It's, it's hard. And you're like, no, like, don't you want to quit everything you're doing and meet my agenda? That makes more sense to me. Anyway, right? she's really good at what she does. Thank you, thank you. As I said, my favorite thing to be validated. Okay, so back, so back, you have that, you know, the cheesy basics, the cheesy ba- basics, values driven. Mm-hmm. I love that so much because so often people say they want to be a good mom. They want to have a successful business. They want to make a lot of money, but they don't have what is a good mom do? What are the values of a good mom? What is, what is success? What is a lot of money? How, how much, but you don't even have to have an amount. It can be like, I can pay for anybody's lunch when I go out to lunch with them. Sometimes maybe even navigating backwards from, okay, like I can pay for anybody's lunch. What's, what's the value that attached to that? Is it, is that value for me stemming from generosity? Is that maybe for me, even it's stemming from like, I don't like to try to get too attached. So like, I can, like I can get, you can start getting attached to what being a generous person means, right? Or having enough money means, right? So I'm like, this idea of like, if I have money, like I can spend it, I can give it away. If I don't have money, I'm not attached to those. Getting down to maybe look at things you like about yourself or things you'd like about yourself and backwards navigate what the value. Yeah. Because buying lunch for somebody, for one person could be about generosity and for another person could be about connection. Right. And how valuable that is. And and like through gift giving. And so I don't think it matters so much what the con like the what it manifests itself as, what like the actual circumstances, but it you navigate it back towards the value. It's your why. I've heard yes. about that somewhere. Oh, you heard about that somewhere? <laughs> But but yeah, and I love that idea even of having five values. And I think, you know, speaking of the brand workshop, because I know people get so precious about what are my, oh, now I have to define my five values and these are my five values. Just the permission of try on three or four and see how they feel. Yeah. I always right? tell my clients, I'm like, this isn't a blood contract. Like yeah. <laughs> your five values could literally be the opposite tomorrow. Like don't yeah. have a panic attack. There's a lot of anxiety around this like yeah. commitment. What are some values? What are some, some common values? What are some for you? What are some of your top five? Um, safety is important to mm. me. Uh, self-esteem is important to me. Self-respect, independence, fun is important to me. Yeah. That's my Instagram value. I don't do it unless I'm having fun. Yeah. Because otherwise it's far too detrimental for my mental health to be worth it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. fun's got to be there. Um, generosity, autonomy, um, growth, learning, family, friendship. Yeah. I mean. So I think what's so good is as you're listening to Tiffany, list some of those, probably one or two. Go, ooh, yes. And I'm sure all of them are good. All of them are good. But maybe even a tangible thing that we could do today is pick one and and operate. Like, what if I operate today from humility? Yeah. What if I operate today from self-acceptance, self-love? Yeah. And that's just, like, the lens I color today with. Yeah. 
Right. And if you want to change your values, if you're like, I'm not in line, I'm not happy with where I am. Let's say you want to cultivate resilience or optimism or something. You could say, what would align me with a value system that I really believe in? What can I do differently? I think that's powerful work. I love that. I love that. (laughs) Okay. I have one more question. We're doing a really good job and I really like this journey for us. You're a therapist who gets to talk to people and obviously you can't talk about what people tell you, but you're also on social media. So like me, you get like lots of comments, messages. And so I believe it's a true position of privilege and power to, to be where you have people's trust you have to be very careful and wise with that. But at the same time, you get to hear what's going on. And you've attracted like-minded people because you have an amazing community, an amazing brand. So you have... You. Yeah, you do. It's amazing. <gasps> Did you not know that? But I mean, you're the brand, babe. Oh. You're the queen. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you feel validated. What do you feel like right now is something you've been hearing a lot that people are struggling with and what's a little something that we could give people. And, and, and I feel like you're going to be okay with this. What if, and we can take just a moment, but what if you decide what that is? And then I'll ask you a few questions and then rapid kind of rapid fire questions. And then you lead us in maybe just like a five minute little practice that we end on maybe like a, a mindfulness practice i got you do you like that yeah. i was feeling really good about I that love okay it. yeah so so w- what is like a vibe or i'm feeling um for me i'm hearing a lot of i feel overwhelmed yes i get that one a lot from people but you know language is so slippery so i'd love to hear like what's the language you've been hearing it might have to do with eating it might have to do with sleeping it, it I'm not fishing in any direction. Yeah, I know where I want to go with this. I love it. So people, everyone on my therapy couch, it's it's a pretty repetitive collective experience. Mm. There is collective trauma, collective overwhelm. Overwhelm is probably yeah. the word I would pick as well. Yeah. People having so much stimulation from the things we've talked about, confronting systemic racism, yes. confronting our own white supremacy, looking at an extended pandemic, our world totally changing because of that, people's relationships being stressed because they're stuck at home, or our kids going to school, like all of this happening, big, hard emotions, people are overwhelmed, and there's a lot of guilt, there's a lot of shame, there's a lot of a lot of self-doubt, so big emotions, big overwhelm. Yeah. Um, I love how you tapped into the, the guilt, because I've definitely I think I was in a place for like two weeks of shame and guilt and fear to a degree never felt before. Right. Right. Where it's just like, and not even just the shame and guilt, but just like the fear where man, it's nuts, you know? My therapist answer to that, what everyone has said is like, yeah, rightfully so. It'd be weird if you didn't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like you're not a sociopath. Good. Good, good job check like <laughs> like one less thing to worry about there's so much to worry about but actually nothing to worry about I love that okay so I think so many people are feeling validated in that collective experience and I also really appreciate this because and this is one of the reasons why I loved having you on is I know especially the listeners of this podcast they want to show up they want to show up 
um, and learn about privilege. They they want to show up and take responsibility, but people are getting overwhelmed. Yeah, and they're getting tired and they're feeling shame or they're feeling like it's too hard to to learn and have these political conversations with an election coming up. It's too it's too hard to keep my head up during the pandemic. And now you know job loss wasn't real a month ago, but now it's real. Or there's so many things. I, uh, yeah, there's a lot of breaking points I feel coming up. And so we've identified what we're all freaking out about. What is (laughs) (laughs) Tiffany and I have figured it out. (laughs) We're overwhelmed. It's freaking brilliant. Yes. No, but, but I love how you brought in the shame, the guilt, the collective trauma, all of it. Um, but, but we want to keep showing up. Yeah. So I'd love, Tiffany is going to give us a practice. Yeah. Let's do it. And and so, you know, if you want, Eric can add music, like we, because he's got a whole library. So whatever you want to do, we can just do, I'm ready. <gasps> Guide yeah. me. We're going to do, we're going to do a guided feel deal heal. So why doesn't everyone just like sink into their chair with me right now? Like that. Let's do some breathing and just start to kind of get focused together and whatever it is that you're feeling, get curious about that. Just start pretending there's this emotional metal detector that's at the top of your head and it's gonna start scanning your body for emotions, tension, sensation. This little emotion detector starts at the top of your head and goes all the way down. And the goal here is not to judge it, not to push it away, not to label it, not to resist it, but just get curious and aware. And notice where you're holding any emotion, holding any sensation, holding any tension. And just breathe. Breathe at your own pace as you're just getting curious about what's happening in your body right now. And keep in mind that whatever is happening is safe to feel. It's just sensation. It's just energy in motion. So get curious about that. Maybe pick one place where you're noticing some sensation or energy in your body and focus in on that. We're gonna get creative here and pretend like we have a little camera that's gonna give us specific details about the emotions in your body right now. So let's dive into the place that you've picked. Notice how big it is in your body. We're really just focusing on description and observation here. We're not trying to judge or label. So no right, wrong, good, bad, should, shouldn't. Just instead noticing the size of the sensation or emotion. And maybe you can notice if it's stuck or moving. Does it feel dynamic? Or is it kind of holding itself down? Notice the temperature. Is it running hot? Is it cold? Somewhere in between. Notice the substance. Are you experiencing it like a heavy rock or a mist or a light or liquid or fire or something else? You're doing really good. Keep going. And notice the color. And trust whatever comes up for you. This is yours. Notice the shape it's taken. And maybe just give it a, hmm, interesting. 
Okay, I want you to take three deep breaths in with me. Do the last one deeper and longer. Beautiful. Now we're going to step into the next phase. We're going to deal by giving it some validation. I want you to just keep holding space for whatever's happening in your body and give it unconditional permission to be there. So you can say this out loud with me or just in your minds. It is okay to feel this. Every single emotion is valid. I am deserving and worthy of taking time to feel this. My emotions matter to me. I know by feeling this and giving it attention, it can move. And I am safe feeling this. My body is a gift that allows me to process this. And do another big old deep clearing breath. And take a little, take a little inventory. Has it shifted at all? Maybe a little smaller, maybe it moved, maybe it changed. Maybe put your hands on the part of your body where you had that feeling, dealing ex experience and give it a little bit of gratitude. Thank you for helping me process my emotions. Thank you for the gift of feeling and dealing so I can continue to heal. And if it feels needed, you can do this a couple more rounds of validating your emotion, identifying it in your body and just giving it space and watching it shift. And practice this throughout the day. This is a feeling and dealing in real life. And you are so worthy of taking time to do this, my friends. I loved that so much. Did it shift for you? So I felt um, like, and I'm in a, I was telling Tiffany, I'm in a very hormonal upswing with my period. So this is like maybe the most hormonally, emotionally hardest day of the month for me. And so I felt like a gray cinder block of just anxiety and panic, like in my back, like behind me. Yeah. Oh, I felt it expand and dissipate. And so... <sighs> Good work. That's not easy. What, what a beautiful practice. You did it, sis. You are safe feeling this. You are safe to feel this. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you had something you could just magic wand bop and help every person change or fix or believe to make the world a better place, what would it be? 
And I felt like I got that answer while it was, you're safe to feel this. It's, it's, this feeling is safe. Like it might be uncomfortable and it might be hard and it might be overwhelming, but you're valid and safe to feel. And that's what I've taken away from that beautiful practice, from talking with you today. I think that's one of the reasons I love when I get your messages on Instagram or I get to see you is I just feel very validated in my feelings. And so I really appreciate that. That's all I want. Validation's the cure we all need. We can do hard things. We can. We can show up for each other. When we validate our own feelings, we have more space for everybody else's feelings. Yeah. I'm telling you, that's thousands of dollars of therapy. If we can start to validate ourselves, I've seen it for over a decade as a therapist. It is the magic pill. And it doesn't make you lazy. And it doesn't make you complacent. It honestly, it brings about the life and change you want. I can testify that I would have fought that. But that is once you just... (laughs) are okay with being not okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for letting me party with you. It's my dream. (laughs) On Instagram, hey, Tiffany Rowe, R-O-E. Yes. And you have mindful counseling, Mm -hmm. but you have a lot of online courses. So if you don't live in Utah, I mean, you have courses about faith transition. You have courses about perfectionism, eating, intuitive eating, uh, overwhelm. Do you have an overwhelm? Perfectionism, Perfectionism. self-love, self-care, mindfulness. I'm working on a course for overwhelm, so that's why, uh, but will I ever It's a great idea. Yeah, it's a great idea. I'll get you, I'll get your input on it. Um, But, but yeah, so, so many different courses, so many tools. You've got an awesome feel, deal, heal subscription pack, like we just talked about, um, with those temporary tattoos necessary for therapy. You've got your therapy is cool shirts. Yeah. So there's just so many ways that you can go and thank Tiffany for this by going to her Instagram and letting her know something that you learned from today, sharing, sharing with her that you're grateful for this episode, checking out all of the resources she has. I'm so grateful, Tiffany. Thank you so much for everything you shared. And thank you for opening up and sharing about yourself. Because I know that when you shared those details, when you share that specific of crying about never being able to wear leopard leggings, those are the things that people are going to remember and see themselves in the most. So I'm just really excited for that. It's my pleasure. Thanks for being my soul sister. Okay. Did you love that practice, Eric, when you were listening to it? Yeah, she's incredible. I haven't seen her for years. I knew her in college. Yeah, we both did. She was fun then. She's fun now. It's just, it's cool to see people grow and evolve and grow into their power. It's pretty awesome. It was incredible. And I just, I know you guys are going to love that so much. So how can you show Tiffany the love that she just shared with us? She has an incredible Instagram where she shares therapy thoughts, has really good resources. You'll be able to find links to those online courses we were talking about. So you can find her personally, Hey Tiffany, T-I-F-F-A-N-Y. R-O-E. Hey, Tiffany Rowe. That's her Instagram. We've got a link to that in the show notes. I also linked to her Feel, Deal, Heal subscription that she talked about. It's really, really fun. But Tiffany just has incredible resources. And also,
also, she has an amazing practice of counselors. I use mindful counseling for my own therapy needs. I recommend it. So she didn't ask me to do that. And of course, you need to get in tune with yourself and ask what's right. But I just really want to encourage you, if you are thinking that you could benefit from some help, but you don't think you know, your problems are crazy enough, hard enough, big enough, severe enough, will you please just take it from me and allow yourself to get help now rather than later? Allow yourself to know that you are worthy of feeling good. You are worthy of not living with anxiety attack after anxiety attack. You are worthy and important and not having depressive episodes that really affect your life, but then are okay once you're done and you're okay. You guys, we just suffer so much more than we need to. And life is already full of suffering. So let's not add on top of that. And let this maybe be a little stirring inside of you if you've needed a nudge to to get some help. Let this be like a second voice giving you permission and encouragement. I know it's hard. I know it's uncomfortable, but it's so necessary. In the world, it really needs you. It needs you to feel, deal, and heal so that you can show up and we can help heal more people in the world. Okay, love you so much. Go let Tiffany know what you loved about this episode. And Eric, did anybody even care about us and leave a review? Once again, so many good ones. Seriously? So many nice, yeah. Why am I so shocked that we're getting good? <laughs> I don't know. Why are you so shocked? I don't know. It's Sounds just like maybe a personal not, problem. It is a personal <laughs> problem. But we are so grateful for these reviews. Are you going to read one? Yeah, this is from A. Broadbent. They say, no matter what... What I'm feeling, I can always find an episode where Allison will say exactly what I need to hear. The last couple weeks, I've been spinning in indecision, not knowing what to do. Last night, I was feeling extra stuck. I decided to turn on an episode while I did the dishes. I scrolled through all the episodes and found episode 91, What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do. <laughs> perfect. She says, perfect. Literally, after five minutes of listening, I paused the episode with my mind blown. I had the answer to my problem. It wasn't that I didn't know what to do. It was that I didn't want to do what I needed to do to solve my problem. Ugh. Being able to identify that was my problem. I'm back on track to achieving my goal. This is just one example of the many times Allison has helped me. Thank you, Allison, for continuing your work. You are literally a gift from God. Oh, and <laughs> now I'm crying. I really, really appreciate that. So, of course, to thank you for that review, shoot us an email to awesomewithallison at theallisonshow.com. You guys, it means so much to me when I get that specific feedback of I was in this hard place and I didn't know what to do and then the podcast or an Instagram post or something that we've created as a resource for you. I really appreciate it and I don't take it lightly. And like I said at the beginning of this episode, I want you to know that what I do in my life is I try to live in a way with quiet meditation, exercise, reading, and just conversations that all allow me to be aligned and and live in flow. And that's my goal because I really believe that that helps us access that awesome, that greatness, that power, that beauty, that divine worth, that inherent value that is inside of us. When I aim to live in flow. And I love how Tiffany says, when I aim to feel my feelings, deal with them and heal, I believe that's how I can best serve and show up on this earth. That's my goal. I love sharing that with you. Thank you for being here. I want to remind you that only you can be you and you are already as awesome as you need to be. 
Are you going to take us out on something wonderful, Mr. Oh, Eric? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Give it to me. Give it to me. First off, <laughs> that we've had so many signups lately, and I've been seeing amazing... Awesome with Eric coupon code signups? Yeah, and I've been seeing amazing content. Woo! Amazing videos. So um, this song is well, called... It's just, this is such a good example, this episode. Yeah. Tiffany did that practice. How next level was it because we added your music? So next level. There you go. Right? So that's a perfect example of how to use... And it took me like two seconds. I just scrolled through my library, clicked on a couple like tags, like contemplative or whatever, you know, thoughtful, yeah. peaceful, love. And then I scrolled through my own library and those songs popped up. I'm like, oh, that one would fit perfect. Downloaded it. It's drag, amazing. Drag and drop right in. And it was good to go. Uh, this song is called Nobody Else. It's from our brand new lo-fi hip-hop collection, which is so good. I mean, your videos will be so good with this stuff. Uh, right now, our library for limited time is only $99. And on top of that, use code Awesome with Eric for twenty percent off. So that means they get like a full year of access to the like yeah you get a full, full library yeah so so it's an annual subscription. So you so if you signed up right now with code Awesome with Eric, I think it's like seventy nine dollars. That's insane. And then I know some people like don't like subscriptions. Sometimes yeah. I don't like, but. If you don't want it, you can click cancel auto renew the second you sign up. So if you only want it for one year, but I mean, the price is going to go up. So if you know you're going to create content, you might as well keep it going because you're not going to find this quality of music for that low guaranteed. I love it. This... And the more signups you get, the more time you can spend in the garden. I know. If you so guys, if you guys like pictures of my garden, <laughs> if you care, I'm just I'm totally kidding. I want you to enjoy your life. The song's called Nobody Else. Nobody Else. 